Hello there and welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, the weekly fanbyte news show, rounding up the headlines and games entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of fanbyte media, John Warren. This week, I chatted with brand new features and trending editor for fanbyte.com, Elise Favis, about the new Ratchet and Clank, the state of licensed video games, and creating your own win conditions in games like Phasmophobia. You won't want to miss that conversation. Before we do that, however, we have to talk about this week's top story. top story today is business baby four stories to distress or delight you depending on your proclivities let's start with activision blizzard ceo bobby kotick who recently received flack for his outrageous salary and corporate bonus while the company shed hundreds of employees this week it was reported that he voluntarily cut his salary in half from 1.75 million dollars a year to a measly eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars per year however as the securities and exchange commission filing shows he could actually end up with more as a result of bonuses written into the new contract if activision vision uh, hit some very attainable revenue targets and other metrics, Kata could get a 200% bonus on top of the hour, uh, annual salary he makes. Unless something goes terribly wrong for Activision Blizzard, and judging by how fast they shed talent to make sure that bottom line looks nice and fat, it won't. Kotick stands to make as much, if not more, than he was before. Some are applauding Kotick for the move because it's technically more performance-based, but um, yeah, still wild. Speaking of outrageous corporate bonuses, let's check back in with CD Projekt. Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg is reporting that five board members for the publisher of Cyberpunk 2077 are set to receive roughly $28 million in bonuses against $562 million in revenue, with employees receiving between $5,000 and $20,000 based on seniority. That revenue number reflects a 500% increase from last year since Cyberpunk sold almost 14 million copies despite not being sold by the PlayStation Store anymore. They took it off the store. Listen, if the company made profits and wants to distribute them, I think that's cool, but $28 million to five people is a whole lot when you can make the very clear argument that the board was directly responsible for the botched launch of 2020's most polarizing AAA video game. One of the largest acquisitions in games might have flown under your radar because it might not be a household name, but EA has purchased Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion. Glue Mobile is the quiet juggernaut behind the ultra-successful Kim Kardashian Hollywood and Disney Sorcerer's Arena apps. Glue Mobile CEO Nick Earl was quoted as saying, quote, Today is an exciting day for Glue and our global community of players. Joining forces with EA will take growth games like Covet Fashion, Design Home, Kim Kardashian Hollywood, and the MLB Tap Sports Baseball franchise to the next level, expanding their reach to even more global audiences. Together, we will accelerate a strategic mobile-first approach and drive innovation through creative leadership while delivering world-class interactive experiences to our players, end quote. The move will add 500 developers to Electronic Arts and 300 other employees. EA has been increasingly interested in mobile games, so this seems like a big-scale opportunity for the publishing giant. Microsoft, in a move likely inspired by the aggressive tactics of the Epic Game Store, is slashing their take of revenues generated on the Microsoft Store by 18%, down to 12 instead of 30 That means that developers will take home 88% of sales on the platform. This does not appear to apply to games sold on Xbox. Steam still takes 30% of sales on their platform and have not indicated they plan on changing this anytime soon. A lot of business this week. 
My guest this week is the brand new features in trending editor for fanbyte.com. Previously, you could see her over at the Washington Post and Game Informer. I am super, super excited to introduce Elise Babis. Hello. Hello. So happy to join Fanbyte alongside yeah. new editor-in-chief Danielle Rando. <laughs> brand new editor-in-chief. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coronation was this Congratulations. week. Congrats to Danielle. Um God, that was funny. Um, that was hilarious. People are still very confused by that, by the way. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I saw people some. Got got. I saw. I saw some folks that like I know really well uh, liking the tweet that we uh, congratulated Danielle on being EIC this week. Um, that I absolutely should have known better, but they, they, I don't know. But it's also hard. You can also just totally play it off too because like a few people that i think got got were like oh i was just playing along and i was like where are you where are you it, right yeah there's people that were like doubling back after their tweet uh-huh. and i'm like well okay <laughs> it's really funny um yeah. uh first of all um you just moved from the beltway back to minnesota which is exciting i did yeah, yeah huge huge move three-day drive wow. uh still kind of exhausted from it that's a big drive um, yeah very boring drive a lot of just nothingness along the way yeah um yeah yeah i stayed in a few hotels yeah that section of the country is just there's not like like a lot going on in between i mean i guess our country is so big i think is like the thing that i'm realizing the more i do road trips because like a few weeks ago we my wife and i drove up to milwaukee um which I, I now that we've done it, I don't know why we did it. Like I, we had reasons to do it. She wanted to follow a bird migration because she's a bird oh. photographer. Um, oh, fascinating! But that we were one ahead of the migration, which was kind of our fault because we could have we could have found that out. Um, but also we were just like, I don't know, we've never been to Wisconsin. Let's do it. There's just really pretty much nothing here, like in between here and Wisconsin. I guess Chicago. Right. Yeah, um, the Chicago was the the major city. Yeah, the one like major major city. But yeah. I didn't even I did not drive through Chicago. Uh, I stayed outside of Chicago and still came across the terrible Chicago drivers. Yeah, wow, they are bad, so, huh? They're they're very bad. They're scary bad. They're scary yeah. bad. Yeah, I did notice that too. I mean, I've I've driven in L.A. I've driven in Austin. Austin is weird because they have some of I think the most like brain dead drivers just in terms of just like i I, like i i think they just hand out driver's licenses in austin it feels like because i just (laughs) don't think here you go yeah Yeah. it's just like no one knows the rules but chicago drivers are pretty scary it's true Um, yeah dc drivers as well um just do not know how to drive interesting don't know how they pass the test interesting interesting It's a lot of a lot of hostility on the road in DC. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's frustrated over there. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, I get it. I guess yeah. I'd be frustrated too. It's just like, why put up with that? I don't know. Right. It's weird. Yeah. Um. I guess we should talk about video games. I don't know. It's yeah. a it's a video game website, kind of. Sort of. You'll fi- you'll figure that out very quickly. That I think like we've we've done a big grift here, and we've basically convinced a large swath of people that we cover video games, but we really don't. Um, <laughs> but we did have the the Sony State of Play this week, and uh, Subnautica and Among Us were 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 like the two indies that were 
recovered. Uh, but mostly mm-hmm. it was it was a showcase for uh, the new Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which I, let's talk about that first. That game is beautiful. I can't believe how good that game looks. I, are, are you surprised at like the leap uh, that we were, we're seeing in quality uh, visual fidelity for that game? Yeah, I think it's it's one of the best it's one of the best looking PS5 games. I, it, it's weird because I feel like we don't have our staple PS5 game yet. Like there isn't the game that I'm thinking, you know, oh, I would go and buy the console for it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if Rift Apart will be that. Um, yeah. For many people, like I think a lot of people were hoping Cyberpunk would be that, yeah, um, uh-huh. even though it's not an exclusive. But, you know, we know how that went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It looks gorgeous. Um, I think like Imran expl- uh, described it like a, it looks like a Pixar movie. Um, yeah. But she's right. It does. And I think it's it's cool to see how much they're utilizing the PS5 F- SSD and not in just not just for load times, but just to actually jump from world to world basically instantaneously um yeah is wild like it's, that's just crazy to me it, it's um, super 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 interesting tech and like we saw a little bit of how that's going to work and like i wonder how it seems like it's going to be very deeply integrated into gameplay in a way that like i, I yeah. you know i guess i shouldn't be surprised because it's called rift apart but like I mean, what a what an interesting mechanic. I mean, it really is showcasing. It's, it's the cool. Technology. It's really creative. Yeah, yeah. I I talked to Insomniac a little um, when I was at the Washington Post for for Rift Apart, and they were saying that um, every even if you're going through a rift and you're seeing a world for like one second and then jumping into the next rift, all those worlds are fully playable. Like technically fully playable. You could. I mean, you might not be able to, and that's you know in that sequence to (laughs) actually go and do stuff. But those, those are real worlds that you can, that are, you know, technically fully realized, um, which is wild. And yeah, I don't understand that entire worlds in less than a second. I just don't understand it. It, 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 it's like less, I think it's less like bombastic than this because like the idea of it was so wild at the time, but it kind of reminds me of how I felt when, uh, Sean Murray was showing off No Man's Sky for the first time. I'm right. just like, like, wait, what? Oh, wait, what? I was like, what are y'all talking about? I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what I'm looking at. <laughs> I don't understand how you're doing it. He kept saying it's math. It's just math. And I'm like, that. no, sorry. You can't just say it's math. But this feels kind of the same way of like, what do you mean it's all playable at this moment? No, it's not. This is some sort of trick. But they say it's kind of not. Yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't go the same way, you know, No Man's Sky or anything. Yeah, 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 it's going to take, uh, take him five years to realize <laughs> this vision or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No Man's Sky, though, man, what a comeback story. What a but, comeback story. Yeah, I, I was one of those people that was hyped as hell for No Man's Sky. Yeah. Um, I don't feel the same hype for Rift Apart no. necessarily, but yeah, I do think it's impressive for sure. Um, you mentioned to me that you are a fan of 3D platformers, but you've not played uh, very much of this series except for a little bit yeah. of the 2016 game. Um, let's talk about that for a second because I I also love 3D platformers, but I have to admit, not not this is not a super conscious thing, but I think like my unconscious bias is showing because I feel like if it's not a Mario game, it feels like an off-brand experience. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. But but that's not fair. Like, what are some of your non Mario three D platformers that you've you've really enjoyed over the years? I think my ultimate favorite is Psychonauts. Mm. 
Mm. It's a good one. It, yeah. It's funny. JV, JV Gwaltney, who I worked with at Game Informer, he bugs me all the time because he's like, oh, that doesn't it doesn't play well. It's not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, man. Um, but <laughs> no, I think it, it, it hasn't aged that great but you can say that for most you know think, 3d yeah. platformers of that era sure. of like the xbox 360 era um but it's just it was doing so many interesting things mm-hmm. you know um it it like you know had all these kind of different genres within it and it was just such a cool story um and i, I just don't feel like i've played anything else like it yeah yeah uh, so that's definitely among one of my favorites and i'm also a big crash bandicoot fan okay we we did hear the uh somewhat unfortunate news uh friday morning uh that the uh toys for bob studio that worked so hard on crash 4 is actually being moved completely over to call of duty Warzone, which is kind of grim um because i was really hoping to see more from that team with with the new crash game maybe um but yeah yeah um mm-hmm. did you did you like the new crash bandicoot oh yeah yeah i reviewed it um i really enjoyed it i feel like it i don't know it, it didn't sacrifice the difficulty that the crash games are known for yeah which is awesome um but it also felt a lot more accessible than those older games are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it, it it's it's very difficult if you want it to be you know if you want to get all the gems and everything and do 100 percent, you know completionist mode you can do that but you don't have to. Um, and there were a lot of new, it just felt a lot more, um, I, I guess kind of like, kind of like we're seeing in rift apart. Like it, there's a, there's a big focus on mobility right? of, you know, wall jumping and dashing and things like that. Um, and I really like platformers that just feel super smooth. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I dug it a lot. Yeah. And rift apart looks really cool. I mean, we, there's always so much going on in a ratchet and clank game moment to moment where you know you're breaking stuff apart and all the nuts and bolts are flying toward you and you're absorbing them and there's kind of just a lot of action on the screen and i guess i you know i'm I'm curious about um I don't know. I guess it's like the mix of genres of 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 Ratchet and Clank because it's so different than mm-hmm. I think your average 3D platformer, right? Because you have usually with 3D platformers like Mario or Crash Bandicoot, you are jumping, avoiding obstacles, and getting to point A to point B. And in Ratchet and Clank, you're kind of juggling um, like action sequences and things like that. How do you think that sets sets it apart from other 3D platformers? <sighs> Yeah, I, I think you're right that there's more of a, I don't know, a focus on combat, I guess. And just, yeah. you know, rather than exploring a world and figuring out, like you said, how to get from point A to point B. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the, if there's any other, you know, examples like it. It, I think that that's good for it. It's good yeah. for the series, you know, right. to stand out. Did you play a lot of the other PS2 era platformers that kind of came out when this was first starting? Um, I'm trying to think. Cause there was Jack and sure. there was Jack and Daxter, right? Like that was, Oh yeah. That was I the other play. one. And, and I was, a, I was a weird person who loved, I don't know if you ever played the Daxter game on PSP. Oh, I never did. It's a very, it's a very good 3d platformer. Surprisingly. So, yeah. 
I would I, I would like to see that appear somewhere else besides PSP because I'll probably never play it. I don't even know where my yeah. PSP is. Um, rip. <laughs> rip, rip, rip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Jack and Daxter, like Jack 2, and then I think it was Jack 3. They just really got away from Daxter, which was a bummer. Um, yeah. uh, that kind of leaned into the action stuff too, but I felt like it was maybe a little bit clumsier than, than the way Ratchet and Clank uh, ultimately did it. I think it was like variety of weapons and kind of maybe the mm-hmm. lightness of it. They turned Jack and Daxter into such like a weird, like serious, like post-apocalypse action thing after the first game, which I thought was such a strange move. Um, but I really liked a few of those PS2 era uh, 3D platformers. Um, and that was a good era. Yeah. 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 Um, what was the first 3D platformer you ever played? Oh, geez. Um, oh, man. Uh, it's probably Super Mario 64. Yeah, that was mine, too. Uh, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I it, mean, it's a classic. It is a classic. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it still pretty much holds up. I think it's like. Or, well, to be honest, it's it, sorry to cut you off, but like, no. yeah, it's either it's either that game or some terrible movie knockoff like The Incredibles on oh, PS2. Oh, yeah. Which. Okay. I, I shouldn't even say that it was awful because actually I loved that game and I played the <laughs> heck out of it. Um, yeah, I okay, played a now, lot of like. Now I have a lot of questions about the bad movie tie-in yeah. games. Uh, did did you? I I don't I know nothing about this game. Okay, can you? Uh-huh. Did you play as all four of the family members? <sighs> no. Okay. I think you just played as the dad. You just play as Bob. Right. Okay. See, that's unfortunate to me. Because you've got you've got so many interesting ideas with the other ones. Um, yeah, I feel like I probably wouldn't feel the same way if yeah. I played it nowadays. Yeah. Um, who knows? Did they get Craig T. Nelson to like record voice lines and stuff? Man, I don't I don't remember. Okay. Well, I'm going um, to Google this. While I, I feel like it. yes, but okay. don't quote the, me on that. The Incredibles PlayStation Two. We're going to look this up. This is terrible podcasting, but I'm going to look it up anyway. <laughs> Um, there was also the game. I'm trying to remember. Do you know that those children, those like novels about that's oh, gonna be terrible. Uh, those fantasy novels written by he was like 16 years old at the time, and they were about a dragon. Starts with an E. Aragorn. Aragon. Aragon. Yeah, not Aragorn. That's the Aragon. So the Aragon game was yeah. also one that I played a ton of. That's okay. This is amazing. Yes. This is great yes. news. Um, yeah. Okay, so I am watching the full game playthrough of uh, The Incredibles on PS2. No commentary. That's very important. I'm really glad. <laughs> really glad that they've decided to um, keep this clean, so we can hear all the great background noise. Uh, you can play as Elastigirl. It appears. Oh, really? Okay. See, I'm not remembering. Right. No, it's I okay. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm not here to like correct the record. I'm not here to <laughs> to gotcha about the Incredibles uh, PS2 platformer. You do play as Bob, I think, most of the time. It looks like. Yeah, I, he was definitely the star of the show. Yeah. For sure. What I think yeah. is impressive is that they've got they. This is this is very much a. Uh, a 15 year old video game, like for sure. Like it looks like it, uh, but they kind of got like the lumpiness of Bob in the ill fitting suit down. 
In they a do. Way, they do. Way, and and really he, you really feel it when you jump. There's like a heftiness to it, but like a good heftiness, you know, that you want. Yeah. Kind of platformer. There's a good um, Kind of like Donkey Kong has, you know? Yeah. I can see yeah. that. This, you know, this doesn't look as bad as I expected it to. I have to be honest. Oh, I'm glad. You know what? You should play it, John. I think we should. I think we should do a full. <laughs> oh, I would be so down to like a long this. play of the Incredibles PS2 game. It doesn't look bad. I mean, yeah. Listen, it's okay, but now I have to look up the Aragon game. Aragon. Oh no! Oh no! PS2. That that one is gonna look bad. Uh, did you see the movie? Oh yeah, uh, I, I I saw. Oh, dude, I read all the books. Oh, did you really? I saw the movie. Wow. I was big into that. Big into it. Oh yeah. Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Aragon. Yeah. I I'm sorry. Aragon's <laughs> I'm sorry, got you have to like. Watch that. Aragon's got like the the visual style of a very low budget like PC like sword action. I game. remember it looked absolutely terrible. Yeah, visually, visually, um, it played okay. It looks like it plays okay. It does look like the frame rates hovering at about a like a twenty, you know, <laughs> yeah, which is right. which is cool. Um. Yeah, there's a Lord of the Rings game on PS2 as well that I played a lot of. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying mm-hmm. to th- I'm trying to think of like the most. I played good games too. I just want to set the record. I no, like listen. I think if you don't play bad games at some point, like if you have if you don't have a lot of experience with bad games, um, you you really ought to. Like I know that seems silly and there is some discourse about like well there is no bad video game there no there are bad video games oh there listen, absolutely I'm at is one right oh, now it's Aragon. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think you gotta, I think you gotta round out your experience. I'm trying to think of like a licensed game that I played a lot of, and it was probably the, the, um, as my French bulldog continues to bark in the background, which we're just going <laughs> to leave in the show. He has, he has a, he wants to add to the conversation. Yeah. I mean, she's saying something about Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts, but I can't totally make oh. it out. Yeah. I don't know. She always goes on, Mumbling on about that much. game. Yeah. Um, I think I played a lot of the uh, Vin Diesel um, uh, Chronicles of Riddick uh, first person video game, like as oh. as far as licensed games go, mm-hmm. because that was very good. It was like a weird first person melee action game where you're escaping a prison and it didn't suck. But interesting. I'm trying to think of other licensed games I've played that definitely sucked. Um, There's a lot of licensed games that suck. There are a lot. There are a lot. I'm trying to think of other platformers that I played. Did Did you play the Banjo Kazooie uh, duo on on N64? N- no, I actually never played wow. Banjo Kazooie, which is kind of wild. Yeah, that is kind of wild. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to do. I a did play Banjo some ukulele. You, Yaku, oh my god, I'm forgetting how to say it. Ukulele. Ukulele, ukulele thank you. Yeah. I did play some of that, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got that soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I still, I played a demo of that, but I don't think I played the the whole thing. I, should I feel like a lot of people that. did not play the final product. It sort of 
went under the radar and like I think there was a lot of hype for it with the the Kickstarter and then once it was actually out I feel like I didn't hear much about it I think what happened to me is that I played the demo and I go I remember this game but I think I liked it better when it was called Banjo-Kazooie and (laughs) and then I just tried to I like got Rare Replay and played Banjo-Kazooie instead and I think that's that's kind of what happened to me oh Um, yeah but yeah hey Raisinette Hey, stop barking, please. Hey. She has opinions. She has opinions. Hey, Jordo, just leave this in the show. It's okay. She's never barked like this before. I don't know what she sees. I don't know what she's doing. Do you have Do you have animals? I can't remember. I have two cats who okay. tend to meow at walls. Yeah. Um, and I wonder sometimes if there's ghosts stuck in there. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I, spooky. I often will find one of my dogs barking at a corner, which is really scary. Yeah, it's just like I don't see what you're seeing, and that my my cat is like spooked, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, keep your recording going. I'm gonna make a note of the time. I am gonna go see what my dog is doing. Okay, sure. Hey, Raisinette. Hey, 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 Raisinette. Hey, stop, stop, stop barking, please. Hey, Raisinette, stop, stop, stop barking, please. Hey, Raisinette, hey. Hey. Hey, Raisinette. Stop, stop, stop barking, please. Hey. Hey. Hey, Raisinette. Hey. Stop barking, please. We're back from our regularly scheduled dog barking break. Uh, and we're here with Elise Favis. <laughs> uh, Favis. Jesus, I did it. I did it, Elise. I said, I said, your <laughs> oh, name no. Right. Oh no, I can never forgive you. We just had this conversation too. And then when yeah. it happens, I internalize it and I repeat it a few times. And then uh You're I just gonna be calling it. me Favis every Favis. single time now. Favis. Anyway, oh, no. we're talking about bad license games, we're talking about uh platformers. Um let's uh let's talk about what else are you, what else are you playing lately? Man, um not a whole lot. Just yeah. like my my regular kind of comfort games, which is a mix of Dead by Daylight and sure. Phasmophobia, um, because apparently horror soothes my soul. Yeah, I want to talk about Phasmophobia because one of one of my exposures to you as a person, just kind of your whole mm. vibe, was getting to know <laughs> you through uh, JV's uh, like videos where y'all are playing Phasmophobia and being mean to each other. And I just want yeah. to talk about... <laughs> What what is it about that game that really appeals to you? Because I played it a few times. I'm a big baby. Uh, mm-hmm. When when I get scared, I'm just like forget this. And then I have a bunch of friends that I play with that would just enable me to be scared, which I hate. So I just uh, yeah, I don't play it anymore. But what what do you love about that game? Man, so I was I was terrified the first time I played Phasmophobia, and I think mm-hmm. I did not sleep the entire night after playing. Now I'm not really that scared of it every you know occasionally there'll be like a ghost that pops up in my face unexpectedly and i freak out but generally now 
I, you know, I go into good old Tanglewood Street, open the door, hear the spooky ambiance, and I just kind of like, ah, I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) um, But no, I, I think probably what I like most about it at this point is is the di- the dynamic with my friends is yeah. instead of a horror game, it's become like a game of just roasting each other, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, um, which you could probably do with any video game. But I think phasmophobia works so well because you can get your friends killed. Um, for example, I love slamming a door in JV's face and <laughs> watching him, you know, just choked, you know, die on the floor. Um yeah, and then we basically what we do is so we'll play like an hour or two, and we all take clips of the funniest moments. That's amazing. Uh, and then we all <laughs> watch them like total nerds. That's yeah. great. No, that's good. It's, I mean, it's, it's I love games whose um, core goals are superseded by like these these uh, alternative kind of goals, like these like shared experiences instead of. Oh, we, we figured we, we, we found the ghost and we exercise this house or whatever. And it's like that, that so becomes not the point of that game after a while. It feels like, yeah, yeah, it's t- exactly. And I, I think phasmophobia's biggest problem is it, it is repetitive. So right. it's the same thing over and over again. And there are so many different ways yeah. <laughs> that you can find out what ghost it is. And I, I could see how people get tired of it and how they fall off of it. And I think one way that we've gotten around that is we made our own modes, basically, where we're just like, okay, let's see how long we can last if we all walk backwards, or let's see how we do if we all run around this kitchen island as the ghost is chasing us, um, which we do relatively often, (laughs) and surprisingly... So long as it's not a revenant, which is the fastest ghost, right? Uh, we sometimes survive. So that's amazing. That's really good. <laughs> it's it, ridiculous. <laughs> have, have you played any other games in your in like with with your friends that you've kind of done that with? You kind of change mm-hmm. the rules and make your own. Oh, I don't know if we've done that with other games. Really, I yeah. guess probably the closest example is how we play the forest, which I feel like now. We actually just play it like it's The Sims. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a peaceful mode for the forest uh, and we'll just like build, you know, uh, entire like log cabins and crazy structures. And we have a zoo. Um, Oh, my God. We'll use cheats and we spawn cannibals into our zoo and we make like fences and we give them <laughs> names it's really messed up <laughs> that's amazing that's really amazing um i yeah. think i think the only thing i've ever done that for is san francisco rush which was oh, like an old that's a random one it's a really old one and they had this mode that was like there was like a free play kind of like sandboxy mode where you could just be put in this like blank space and then place ramps and things and i think it was a place where the the game meant it for you to be able to like i don't know just like get better almost like a training mode but like my friends and i because you could play it split screen multiplayer and just like mess with stuff and we would create these like elaborate like tag games or things like that in this mode and we almost never played the real racing mode so like phasmophobia kind of reminds me of that because I mean, you're not the only one I know that kind of like plays that game to create moments less than 
working together to solve a problem. And sometimes that could be satisfying, but like it seems to be a common thing that groups are doing, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I, I, I've come across a lot of Reddit threads of people just making up their own modes. That's how we that's how we started doing it. It's, that's cool. We were we were looking them up and we found other people doing it and we're like, oh, that's awesome. And then we kind of adapted some of them. Some I wrote an article about it at the Washington Post of just like all the modes we came up with. And I said one of them was adapted from a, a Reddit user. And that Reddit user actually emailed me oh and was God. like, this is so cool. Like I it's wild. Like I made that up with my friends and it's really cool to see that other people are using it and then it's in the Washington Post. And that's amazing. That was, that was pretty cool. That is yeah. really cool. Coming first full circle. Yeah, that is full circle. Um, well, I, I, do you have any big like anticipated releases for the year? I mean, it's kind of a weird year so far, but um, I'm trying to look at what's what's coming down the pipe and I'm trying to identify the one or two things I'm super looking forward to. Yeah, it is a weird year. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Resident Evil. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. And Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Basically, everything yeah. that I'm excited for is coming out. In, in like the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Beyond you, that, I don't know. Um, uh, have you played like every Resident Evil game? No. Um, wow. Actually, oh, I played the first one. I've played the remakes. And I've never played Resident Evil 4, which I want to... I want to oh, fix very, very soon. Yeah, you should definitely fix that. You should definitely oh, yeah. fix that. It's a huge blind spot for me. Yeah. It, it, that was such a, a turning point in that series for me because I I never had a PlayStation uh, 1. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, I lived vicariously through friends that had, um, had, had PS1s and kind of watched them play resident evil and got really scared. Um, and then finally I, I had a system that I could play Res, uh, resident evil four on. And yeah, that became one of my favorite games. And I think like what's so interesting about village is there is a clear through line from four to, to, to village, which oh. I'm very interested in seeing how that manifests. Um, so I definitely recommend it. I definitely recommend it. To yeah, you. Oh yeah. I, if I can do it, I will play it before I play Resident Evil Village. Well, I did play RE, I did play RE7, which okay. I that's adored. Good. Yeah, um, that's a really cool game. Um, if you want to play Resident Evil 4, you do have your pick of roughly 28 different platforms you could play it on. That is one of the <laughs> most like 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 Skyrim and Resident Evil 4. I don't think I could like, right. like turn around without seeing a platform that that game is on. So um, yeah. Although it's about to come out in VR, and I think that would scare me too much. Oof. Oh, I played Resident Evil 7 Did fully you? in VR. Oh, my God. I played it over again without VR, but the first time completely in VR. Yeah. That's... I, 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 I did it for hashtag content. but Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's scary. My, uh, that's me really and my scary. girlfriend at the time, we we were... I mean, she struggled a lot more than me. Okay, no, that's not true. We both struggled. <laughs> she she would get mad at me if she's listening. I love I love this. But, you throw her under the bus, then immediately you're like, okay, I can't do that. I can't do that. Like, she well. might hear this. <laughs> but she was like shaking from head to toe at one point. Oh um, wow! Yeah, there's a villain. Oh gosh, did you play Resident Evil Seven? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, you know there's like that spider lady. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like after that encounter, I think in the attic, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Yeah. She. Oh. That's a really. I, I that's felt a really. really scary I felt part. bad because. 
Yeah, I felt bad because she just happened to be playing the worst parts. Like, we didn't know. It was just like, I would play a part, and then she was like, oh my god, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the shift of first person for that series was so... It it really changed the way that series felt, but at the same time, it felt pretty right. Like, after... You know, after after playing it just for a little while, it's like, yep, like, if you really want to kind of refocus how scary the series can be, this is kind of how you do it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'll be interested to see if 8 is scarier. I do I do kind of know if it is or isn't, because I've been talking to Colin McGregor, uh, or Guides staffer, because uh, he's been playing it for a couple weeks now. Um, so I have some idea of, of what we can expect, but... Uh, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Gosh, we've talked about Mass Effect a lot uh, mm-hmm. uh, here at the site for a while. I, what are you What are you most excited about with the changes they're making to the Legendary Edition? So Thane's eyes <laughs> are just so much more pronounced and glassier. <laughs> so I'm really excited to say I want you, Thane, and look in his beautiful eyes. <laughs> I mean, I don't That's know what I don't. I don't know what answer I expected, but it's <laughs> that's clearly I should have expected this. I yeah. wish I was joking, honestly, because like I'm kind of not. <laughs> I know you're not. I know you're not. You're a completely obsessed with Thane. Thane is the light and the way, and um, and that's mm-hmm. um the most important thing to you, which I understand. I mean, like I'm I'm excited to see what Tali looks like under that helmet in the Legendary yeah. Edition. I have no idea. <laughs> you know um, oh my gosh so yeah uh, I'm I'm excited to dive back into that even though I've played that series for you know 200 hours at this point yeah um, same. I, I like I'm also I'm curious about the Mass Effect 1 changes for sure that seems to be the bulk of the changes that right. they're doing is um, like Eden Prime looks so different now super um, different do you think all the changes yeah. have been for the better in terms of like the I, environmental stuff I don't know it yeah I, I go back and forth on eden prime like it looked a lot more i guess i don't know if apocalyptic's the right word but it, it just looked grimmer before it looked I grimmer think. before which like yeah you know i thought that was kind of the vibe right like it's right. it's an interesting idea where like it almost feels like they filtered Mass Effect through one of those like, you know how they used to be like we made we we remade Ocarina of Time in Unreal Engine, and like it had this kind of like glossy, not real yeah. sense to it, and that's kind of how I feel about some of the environmental changes that they made to the Mass They're Effect stuff. So we'll see. So obsessed with the lens flare even more now. I know. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's sort of signature Mass Effect. I guess but- it is. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if the vibe of some of these places are gonna change. Yeah, I don't know. It's very hard for it's hard for me to say until I actually sit down and yeah. actually explore these places fully. But I don't know. I am definitely hesitant there. One of one of the questions I asked um, folks on Ninety Nine Potions or RPG podcast is like, do you think you'll play? the same shepherd that you've played before? Like how many shepherds have you had? Or do you have like one canonical shepherd? I guess I have one canonical shepherd, but I I played a lot of different shepherds. So I don't know. I hate my male Shep renegade. I just hate him so much. I can never get through uh, a renegade playthrough. Yeah. Completely. I think the only one I did fully was mass effect one. Um, 
I just the uh, thing with Renegade to me is that it's like it's less being like a cavalier jerk, like a renegade, really, and more of kind of making just kind of stupid choices most of the time. Yeah, it's just like it's like edgelord mode. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like some of the renegade choices, I'm just like, okay, but this would be the stupid thing to do, which like doesn't feel like. like, (laughs) I don't know. Isn't there that that point where you just, oh, I'm forgetting. I think it's in Mass Effect 2. I forget exactly what point, but you like electrocute or like an electricity. I don't know. Like an EMP thing or? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not remembering right. Not but there are a bunch either. of like ridiculous ones of like yeah. you know kicking someone out a window. Right. Yeah. Um. I did like punching the reporter. That was fun. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we. I think a lot of people did. Although when I, as as I as I recall that choice, you know, when I played it in 2008 or whatever, um, versus now, I'm like, would I punch the reporter now? Would I do that? <laughs> I don't. No, how do I, I feel would. about that? You know, now yeah. that I'm like, I know a lot of reporters. Is now she just I doing her job? Right. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of that's kind of one of those things. I'm I'm wondering if I'll change about my playthrough. Oh yeah, that, I I played those games for the first time before ever being in games journalism at all. So yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Different time. So, different time. Um. Well, Elise, I'm super super excited that you're here at Fanbyte. Super. Excited. I'm very excited to be here. Um, and you will be able to uh, read Elise's work over on the website. Also, uh, pitches are open. Yes, I yes. guess. Yeah, we're gonna get a, we're gonna get <laughs> we're a day. We're still figuring okay. that out, but yeah, yeah, um, they're open. But yeah. listen, if you're listening to this and you have a really unique point of view, you can send Elise a pitch over at pitches at fanbyte.com. I think if you go to fanbyte.com slash pitches, there is a guideline there uh, for yeah. what we are looking for. Please read that before you submit. Please, 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 please. It's please really do. important. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Where can we find you online? You can find me at Elise Favis uh, on Twitter. Um, Amazing. You can read some of my past work at launcher.gg, which is the Washington Post's video game vertical. And of course, you can find me at Fanbyte as of yesterday. So, hey. Hey. Uh, and all of your work at the Washington Post was incredible, uh, oh, which, goes, thank which you. goes without saying. So, um, wouldn't it be weird if I didn't think it was incredible? Yeah, was just yeah, like, that would have been. We're you like, know. your stuff at the Washington Post is okay, but why don't you come work for us? And maybe it'll be. This is better. all just a big joke. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, Fanbyte it, as as a rule is I'm kind of a big rift. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Someone asked the other day, or or just posted the other day, if um, wondered aloud if Fanbyte was just a uh, elaborate money laundering scheme, and I'm here to say that it is. It is maybe indeed. yes, and um. You know, we're 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 peeking we're behind the curtain now, and I can confirm. Yeah, you mon- can confirm. Money laundering, and that's the reporting that you can expect from Elise Favis over at Fanbyte.com. That's the right. Investigative journalism and figuring out after only one day of work here that we are indeed a money laundering uh, scheme. Get ready for my expose. <laughs> <laughs> can't, be- can't believe the cancellations coming from inside the house. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you soon. I actually least. never left WAPO. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Hey, we're going to do a fun new thing where I've got a bunch of tabs open of news stories that have basically one key component to them. And we're going to go through them all 
in this week's quick hits. Hey, did you know that Monster Hunter Rise sold 6 million units? It is Capcom's eighth best-selling game ever, and it's just out on Nintendo Switch. That is a really wild number, and to see this, this franchise go from something that was somewhat of a niche product for super hardcore players to one of the most played games in the world has been absolutely ridiculous. If you want to hear a great review podcast of this game, you can over at the Channel F podcast channel over on our podcast network. I highly recommend it. Uh, Resident Evil Reverse, the multiplayer uh, component of Resident Evil Village, has been delayed and it's not going to launch alongside the most anticipated game of the spring of 2021. Uh, so we will not be able to play it right away, but it will launch sometime this summer uh, on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam. Uh, it is a multiplayer action game with four to six people. Uh, it kind of is a whirlwind of of characters and enemies and locations uh, throughout the uh, franchise's history. And it looks kind of cool, but it's not going to launch when Village relaunches. Um, Naughty Dog has apparently outlined The Last of Us Part 3, but they're not working on it yet. In fact, they're working on a bunch of other stuff, uh, including The Last of Us multiplayer. And as we've also heard, shuffling around some stuff internally uh, that used to uh, belong to some other studios. And now they're working on some stuff internally. Uh, it is a busy time for Naughty Dog, but not working on The Last of Us Part 3 quite yet. Super Mario Party is a Switch game that came out in 2018. That was almost three years ago. Uh, and it was offline only. It has not received a whole lot of updating or anything, but it abruptly this week received an update to give it online mode. Online play supports all the boards in the game, 70 mini games, as well as the two versus two partner mode. We can only speculate about why this move is being made now, but you have to imagine maybe Super Mario Party 2 is in the works. Uh, who knows? But this is a welcome uh, addition to a uh, an, an, an older game in the Switch library. Um, let's see. What's next? Uh, longtime Street Fighter producer Yoshinori, uh, Yoshinori Ono is now over at Delightworks, which is really wild. He worked on the Street Fighter franchise for a very long time. He was with Capcom for uh, almost 30 years, and now he is the president and CEO of Delightworks as of May 1st. Uh, they're working on fighting games right now, like Melty Blood type Lumina. Uh, they've also uh, released Fate Stay Night, uh, Fate Grand Order, um, and yeah, it's a really big shift, seismic shift in the landscape of video games. We know that Street Fighter 6 is coming at some point. Ono was working on Street Fighter's final season of characters, of uh, which we do not know the final character yet, but that that will happen soon. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty turbulent time for Street Fighter. Oh no, no longer working at Capcom. Now he's over at the Lightworks, which is pretty interesting. Uh, Apex Legends is getting a three versus three arena mode. That's going to come out, uh, on Tuesday, May. Let's see what that date is. Yep, that's going to be May 4th. Uh, it looks a whole lot like Valorant, to be honest, uh, which I think is cool because if you don't like the movement of Valorant, and I don't personally, but you love the movement of Apex Legends, but wishes it was maybe a little smaller, a little more tactical, uh, and there's economy involved. So between rounds, you have to worry about like how much money to spend on certain weapons and things like that, which I, I do think is a cool thing. Uh, you should check this out. I think it's going to be a really interesting mode. It would not surprise me if 
the Fanbyte crew played it over at twitch.tv slash Fanbyte. Uh, you should stay tuned. Um, <laughs> and finally, <laughs> Google Stadia uh, has released a beta for a search bar on their platform. Now, Google has released a search bar for the cloud-based gaming service that they run. I just want to repeat just the crux of that. Google is releasing a search function to search for all the games that are on its cloud platform. It's Google. Anyway, this is not a joke. It's not a goof. They're releasing a, a thing. You can see a review of the uh, Stadia search bar over at fanbuy.com. Uh, Imran wrote it. <laughs> and uh, It kind of works. So please go check that out. That's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Elise Favis for stopping by and talking to me about a lot of really cool stuff. I'm so sorry about my dog barking the entire time. You'll have to forgive her. She's got a little infected paw and she's mad about wearing a cone. So she's just kind of taking it out on everyone else. Anyway, if you want to find all of our podcasts, you can do so over at podcastnet.work. If you want to find me online, you can over at floppy adult. Our normal producer is Paul Tamayo. You can find him over at Polly Mayo. This week's episode has been produced by our wonderful Jordan Mallory. You can find him over at Jordan underscore Mallory. And until next week, you're welcome.